Right now is literally the best time to start an e-commerce business, and here's why. In 2018, we created something that was a first of its kind, a comprehensive online course to start and launch your e-commerce business from scratch, and we called it Start and Scale. Now, five years later, this course has helped 25,000 founders in 65 different countries kickstart their business ideas, including thousands who have achieved six and seven figure results. Founders like Lorianne Trin, who used Start and Scale to create a kids apparel brand that celebrates heritage. Or Samantha Brett, who used Start and Scale to build Naked Sundays into Australia's number one SPF skincare brand. Or April Scott, who used Start and Scale to gain the confidence to launch her luxury sleepwear brand. Although we've updated the program before, this year proved that right now is a defining moment for e-commerce, and it's because of AI. With AI, what used to be slow is now fast. What used to be complex is now simple, and what used to be expensive is now cheap. Every business is going to look so different in 10 years, and if it doesn't look different, it'll likely be out of business. So we went back into the studio because we knew to keep start and scale valuable for your business, we had to update it with the most relevant tools and strategies. So today, we're proud to introduce the brand new Start and Scale 3.0 course. And this course is for you if you don't have an idea yet. You're gonna learn the fastest path to creating brand names, product ideas, logos, images, all through the power of AI. Or if you already have an online store, you'll learn how AI can help you automate repetitive tasks, analyze customer data, create all sorts of different content, and even handle customer service and so much more. So whether you're a Start and Scale veteran with a flourishing e-commerce business, or you're hoping to take the first step to 2024, this new course will help you completely transform your e-commerce journey with the power of AI. We're super proud of this incredible program. This is the third iteration. We've spent so much time, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if you want to know more and want to sign up, which I highly recommend you do, if you want to start a store and you're confused or you're not sure where to start, go to founder.com forward slash build my store. That's founder, F-O-U-N-D-R.com forward slash build my store. I can't wait to see you inside. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating. fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary Vee, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. So Rich, thank you so much for joining us on our AI e-commerce summit. Uh, you're based out of Melbourne. You've created uh, Broza, but then also July. Uh, last time we interviewed you was early days July. You went from zero to five million in revenue in the first year. That was obviously pre-COVID, uh, and then you know obviously all travel industry-based companies uh, had some challenges. Of course, uh, you guys pivoted. Uh, you did all sorts of other things, but now obviously post-COVID, you guys are absolutely booming. Uh, Nine-figure year annual revenues and the business is just absolutely flying. You're going big on retail as well. Um, but the first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Okay, how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? 
I think um, back in two, 2018, I might have um, you know chatted this with you. Um, I was traveling a lot. I was looking for a really nice luggage. I couldn't find anything on the market. Uh, so I chatted to my friend, um, Ethan, and he shared the same experience. And we were like, let's do it. Um, let's create a luggage brand that both of us want to buy. And uh, and also, it's going to be in the travel category. It's going to be fun. And that's how we started uh, July.com. Mm. And, uh, you know, the last time we chatted, like I said, July went from zero to five million a year. That was pre-COVID. That was when we did the interview. Yeah. And then also you taught an incredible program on the Founder Plus platform about manufacturing and sourcing. But what's changed in the business and how have you maintained success, especially post-COVID? What happened? Talk us through it, man. Sure. I think at the time we were, the first year we were doing zero to $5 million. Um, we felt like we were on a rocket ship and we couldn't be stopped, right? And then towards end of um uh, 2019, beginning of 2020, we realized we were not on a rocket ship. We're on a roller coaster. We're going up, 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 and then all the way down. We lost almost 100% of our revenue um, in 2020 uh, when we had the first lockdown uh, in Victoria. So it was crazy. Um, we needed to make a change. And I have to be honest with you, bro. We actually, we almost decided to shut down the company. Really? We were thinking to launch something else. Yeah. During that time, we were in office testing all kind of all kinds of different product ideas. At one stage, my business partner Ethan and I wanted to launch a nappy brand because apparently that was the only thing that people were doing during COVID, making babies. We were like, okay, you know, <laughs> nappies will be a recession-proof concept, a recession-proof business. Let's get into the nappy business. So we had like five or six different brands of nappies in the office and we're testing all kinds of different nappies and trying to develop something better. But after a while, we realized, uh, look, COVID is not going to be forever. It's eventually going to come. I mean, travel eventually going to come back. Uh, let's work on the products uh, while we have the worlds of time. And let's do those things while we are not that busy. And then COVID ended. We end up with a lot more products to offer. And uh, we were at a really good position to capture uh, the market. Um, you know, when people wanted to travel, everyone wanted to travel uh, right after COVID. And uh, that's how we started having a great, great, great business uh, post the pandemic. Uh, we were growing like, at one stage, I think we were on a thousand percent young year growth. Um, and uh, it was just insane. And uh, not only uh, growing the top line, but also the bottom line. We had been profitable since then. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So- yeah. When you lost like 100% of revenue, what did you guys do to, you know, maintain operations? Obviously, there was, you know, in Australia, we had something called JobKeeper and you could get yeah. some some funding from the government, not too dissimilar to the US. But um, how, how did you drive revenue and what did you do? I mean, JobKeeper really helped, right? Um, but one of the things we did differently compared to the other guys is that we were looking at uh, travel uh, where in the world people were still traveling. And we found that China was still traveling domestically, even though everywhere else stopped all the flights. Um, we made a decision to launch our business in China. Like it was a crazy idea, but in order to survive, and that's kind of like the only thing that we could do. Um, we launched our business uh, in China in 2020. We actually had a great, great year uh, in China. We had an amazing growth. We generated 
a great revenue. And we actually learned a whole a lot of stuff. And that helped us survive you know, during that period and uh, kept our team busy uh, during those most difficult times. Um, and uh, I think when COVID ended, we made a, a strategic decision to focus more on the U.S. market and here on Australian market. We actually decided to shut uh, our business in China, I think coming into 2021. To really focus on the Western market. Wow, interesting. Okay, yeah, interesting. And uh, you know, one thing that's been very interesting I've seen is is you're opening a lot of retail stores. Why? Well, we see retail store as profitable billboard for us, and a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, offline store is a great way to build brands. It's more real, and in many retail categories, like in suitcase, as example. People want to come in and touch and feel the product and see the quality, chat to the staff, even share their you know travel itinerary with our staff. It's just it's an emotional purchase. So we realized that retail store is an important component of the business, and it proved to be the right way to do because um, you know if you see the rent as a as a as an acquisition cost, it's actually a lot cheaper than paying Google and Facebook, um, you know, for ads. And uh, I mean, that's how we see it anyway. Um, you know, for the past couple of years, we just kept opening stores and we have a big, um, you know, a number of uh, new stores opening in the next uh, six months. Mm, that's really interesting. Uh, so like I, I was actually at one of your stores. I walked past it in QV on the weekend. It looked cool, man. And like one thing I have to say around the July products is you guys have bang on nailed the colors. Yeah, colors are so cool, right? Like, talk us through that. Like, was like I know that uh, your your business partner Ethan, that's really his strength around brand. But like, talk me through that because that's actually been something that's so like you guys just get it. Like the taste, the colors, they are so cool, man. Yeah, I'm a guy that like it. Um, the one of the things we always um, when we when we pitch to investors or even chat to uh, some external people. We, always, we often tell people that we're not really a suitcase brand. We are a fashion brand. Um, and we want the suitcase to be extension of yourself, a part of your style, not a utility item. And because of that, we release new colors, new styles every season to meet people's demand, to meet people's um, you know desire. And that's how we look at things. Um, and, you know, people want, you know, especially in 2023, you know, going to 2024, um, people want to look more stylish. When they travel, they want to make sure it's the best version of, the, of, them, of themselves. And suitcase is definitely a big part of it. And we want to be part of it. Mm. So how many retail stores do you have now? We have uh, six retail stores in Australia. And we just, opened a, we just opened up a pop-up store in New York, in Soho. Yep, yep, yep. And you said you got many more coming. Um so are you guys doing obviously you you guys are doing your own retail but are you guys doing wholesale or retail through others other 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 companies other other big big box stores um we are we are um our business in asia is primarily a wholesale business so we work with uh, distributors and wholesale partners to distribute our products uh in department stores or uh multi-brand stores um just to spread the brand uh in asia because you know these guys know the market. They, these guys have the distribution channel. I think it's an easier way for us to enter those market. And besides, you know they know the language. Um, and uh, we already expanded to Hong Kong, 
uh, China mainland, Singapore, Malaysia, and very soon we're gonna launch um, Taiwan and Japan and also Korea. So, but however, in Australia, New Zealand, US, and UK, we are hundred percent DLC, uh, which means that we we own our distributed channels offline and online. Why is that? Because we think that we can do a better job um, in these areas. Mm, interesting. So, are you guys on Amazon? We're not. We're not on Amazon. It's not a channel that. It's not a channel that I'm thinking a lot of right now. It could be a channel for us in future, but as of right now, um, I think, um, I think it's not a suitable platform for me. Um, you know, if people really want your product, which I think it's the best suitcase. Um, uh, out there in the market, people have to come to July.com to make a purchase, and I, 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 I like I don't I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a problem for people to um, to purchase from us on our website, um, and uh, you know I think access is not a problem. And people, if people want to come to your store, if there's a store in the city, they can come to your store. Uh, otherwise, they can just shop on our website. Um, I don't think you know not being on Amazon. Uh, means I'm gonna lose too much of sales. Mm. It's funny. I asked that question. I didn't think you would be because, from a branding perspective, you guys have quite a premium brand. I couldn't imagine you guys being on Amazon as well. Correct. I mean, that's how I think right now. But um, like anything, life never say never, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe one day if we uh, expand to Germany and I want to be on Amazon in Germany, um, you just never know. Uh, but as of right now, uh, Amazon is not a platform I'm considering. Mm. And what about TikTok shops? What's your take on that? It's definitely interesting. It's an interesting channel. I think right now, it's I think it's only available in the US. Um, we I know that it's inc- it's working incredibly well in uh, in China and many brands. Many brands are on it. Uh, they they're getting great conversion and great exposure on TikTok shop. Um, we are definitely learning um, more about it. Uh, we are also trying to adapt and see if this is something that uh, we want a brand to be on. Um, so as of right now, I, I can't say it's a, it's a platform that we are we know a lot about, uh, but it's definitely a platform that we want to explore and we want to investigate. Mm. Yeah, it's really fascinating. So, um, you know, I think... Uh, when it comes to TikTok shops and just kind of native e-commerce happening within a social platform and you guys being a D2C, you know, focused brand in the Western side of the world, um, how have you found like what is working when it comes to, I guess, performance marketing? Well, I think um, I think this is probably true for any brands or any business, you know, advertising on Meta or Google. If you have a great brand, um, if you have a great brand with great social proof, your acquisition cost is going to be low. And uh, but if you don't have a great brand and your website your website suck, uh, you're not going to have a great conversion. Um, what we are trying to do is we're trying to maintain the brand and make sure that we build that brand awareness piece. Um, you know, through PR, through influencer marketing, and all that to help. Um, you know our paid um, marketing conversion and also um, you know lower our cost and uh, it's it's been working quite effective for us um, you know it's definitely working a lot better in Australia where we have a, a lot bigger brand presence than the other markets are working very very hard 
to build up that brand awareness. And I think a retail store is one of that. Um, if we have more retail stores in the US, uh, I'm sure my customer acquisition costs are going to go down significantly because you don't need to educate uh, the, the, the clients uh, what the brand is about, what the product is about, and all the new features because they've already seen it or the friends already use it, the family already bought it. Um, and that's what we need to do uh, in markets like US and UK. Yeah, and it brings a, a level of legitimacy, right? Exactly right. Yeah, um, and it is part of like the D to C playbook. You know, Apple are the originals, right? Have yeah. you guys have you had much inspiration from Apple and what they do on their retail stores? Well, I mean, Apple Apple's retail experience just like next to none, right? We definitely. Um, you know, take a lot of inspiration from brands like Apple, brands like, you know, like Lululemon, you know, how they create really unique experience to the retail store concept. Um, you know, we do, we run retail, um, you know, events um, every month or every quarter in some of the retail stores that bring, you know, sometimes we have, a, you know, guest speaker and uh, we get people in and our tickets are free and we provide food and drinks and uh, for people to come in because we realize that, as I said earlier, uh, buying, you know, a suitcase or buying, you know, July is not, is an emotional purchase. And we want people to experience the brand, to fall in love with the brand um, before they even make a purchase. Um, so they're not really, then they're not really comparing us to Samsonite or American Tourista. Um, it's because we are unique in that sense. We're not competing with them anymore. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Man, I could talk about kind of expansion brand because you guys, I think you guys have done an exceptional job, like especially here in Australia, like a friend of mine was was looking for, you know, going to travel and was like, oh, I need a new bag and just yeah. naturally just goes to July. I was like, oh, you going to get a July bag? Yep. Wasn't that big on the personalization, customization though, but, um, you know, it, it works. So... I guess the yeah. next the next thing I was going to ask just for the audience is just around AI. Um, how are you guys using it? What are you excited about when it comes to AI right now? Well, I think AI is changing uh, the way we live and we work in every every aspect of um, our life and business. Right, even just like a couple of days ago, one of my guys in the office um, using ChatGPT to write a letter to the to the council to remove uh, one of the parking fines that he, he got. It was pretty incredible. Um, but we use AI for quite a few things in the business, actually. Um, my tech guys is using GPT-4 to build a forecast model to see, um, you know, how much inventory that we need to stock, you know, 
during peak and off-peak seasons. Um, we use a ticketing system called Gorgeous and actually help us reduce the amount of tickets uh, actually coming to um, you know coming to the to the system. So a lot of the uh, tickets get answered before they even come to our human agents. Um, and I think it's uh, really changing the way we do business and making things that more efficient uh, in many, many aspects. I'm super, super excited, um, you know, to see what's, um, what's about to, um, what's about to come, you know, in the coming years. Yeah. So when it comes to customer satisfaction, you talked about gorgeous and you guys pride yourself on customer service at July. Like you and I have talked about this in the past. What are some things that you've done to make the customer happy that differentiates your brand? And before you answer that question, I'll just share with everyone a story. In the early days, uh, my partner at the time, she bought a July bag and she had some problems with it. I didn't even know you. This is before we were introduced. This is before I interviewed you. This is before you taught a course for Founder. You actually came to our place in Richmond and like wanted to see what was wrong and sorted out the problem. But like, can we expand upon like how, like obviously that's not scalable anymore and you've got a massive company, nine figure business. Can you tell us kind of how you look at customer service and how you take it to a whole new level at scale now? Yeah, I think to build a great brand or build a great business and to, uh, one thing we learned from the founders at Airbnb was that try to do things that you cannot scale at the beginning. Do not always think about scale because if you think about scale from day one, there were a lot of things you will be missed. You'll miss the human interaction. You will miss the the way to um, to solve some of the fundamental uh, issues that you, know, you have in the business or in the processes, right? I, I think the early days, I mean, we still do that now, believe it or not. Uh, we chat to customers. We'll go out to customers' houses to resolve issue for them, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in um, in your interview last time, but um, um, we there was actually a story when we raised the last round of um, capital. Um, we went to our investor's house for lunch, and uh, I actually went to a customer house to fix a locker after the lunch, and uh, the customer took a photo of me, posted on her Instagram. Later found out that her sister worked in our investor's house as the head chef that served us during the day. It was an incredible story. And uh, probably a lot of people don't even believe this, but it was true. Um, and I think that helped us, um, you know, gain a lot of trust and confidence uh, with that investor as well. And this is something we do, uh, you know, on a daily basis. We have one retail store right here at HQ every single day. We are chatting to our customers. We're hearing feedback. We are making improvement based on this feedback. And, uh, you know, just like this help us, you know, get to know our customer better um, and make us a great, a greater company. And that's what we do. And I think to sum it up, for us, we always do things that you cannot scale and go from there. Mm. And how do you, do you have any KPIs to track customer satisfaction in your business? Yeah, we do. We, we, every customer, uh, after one month of using the product, we send them a review capture email, um, you know, powered by this great company from Sydney, actually called Okendo. And uh, we get some um, customer feedback, you know, if they like or not, anything that we can improve on, you know, do you have any photos or videos, 
and all the reviews that you see on a website, they're all real from customers, which is something that we measure. We don't really do NPS um, because part of me don't really believe that system because I, 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 I just don't think it's represent the true experience from a customer. Uh, we use um, you know the five-star uh, review system for our customers so that people can actually talk to us um, you know, the issue they are experiencing or whether they have a great experience. Um, you know, if you have great experience, do you have any photos or videos you can share with us? Um, and this is what we do. And on top of that, uh, with our ticketing system, we are um, on a daily basis, we're monitoring our first response time. You know, are we, you know, are we complete all the tickets within, you know, within X amount of time? All these things help us, um, you know, provide better customer experience over to our customers. Yeah. Got you. Love it. So, brother, we have to work towards wrapping up. Uh, You're a wealth of knowledge and experience. And, man, you're just really good at this stuff. And it's uh, awesome to see how much you guys are killing it. A couple last questions. Where do you see the future of AI in e-commerce for founders in the next five years? What are you excited about? And then are there any questions or words of wisdom that you wanted to share that I um, didn't ask you any questions about? I think you asked a lot of um, great questions already. Um, I can't think of anything that you haven't asked. Uh, But the thing I'm excited about is that I'm seeing people using AI to launch a business from uh, a name uh, to images to website, even the entire product design using AI tools. And this is incredible. And I'm going to see more and more individual founders, you know, release a product or launch a business just with the help of AI instead of going to different people, product design firm or, um, you know, their accounting firm or even like, you know, hiring people for various of things. So I think there's a trend we're going to see in the next few years. And on top of that, I think people are just going to become more and more efficient with many of those manual tasks. Um, you're able to um, you know, you'll be, you'll be able to spend more time on the on the growth rather than all those boring administration stuff that you are wasting your time on. Um, that's, I think, probably the most valuable things that our AI tools can provide. And how will you be able to compete in the market if there's going to be more players than ever? Yeah, I think that's when building a brand is so important. Um, you know, I think brand is this uh, invisible. Um, invisible thing, but worth a lot of uh, worth a lot of money. Um, people people come to the brands, and uh, you know, like people want to follow the brand. People want to be part of the movement. Um, and I think building a brand is more important than ever. Um, and uh, that's what we think that how we can compete on the in the market. Uh, you can't take away that. Um, and uh, you know, same thing with Apple today. If um, Apple uh, business go bankrupt and uh, they don't sell any products anymore. I think the Apple brand itself is going to be worth trillions of dollars. Mm, Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, we will wrap there, brother. But thank you so much for your time. This is a fantastic interview as always. You always deliver the goods. And uh, congratulations on all your success thus far. And I continue to uh, enjoy watching your journey. Thank you, man. Uh, Thank you so much. Let's catch up soon. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business. 
which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.